Hi, my name is Hannah Linden, and I'm a uh, medical oncologist at the University of Washington, Seattle Cancer Care Alliance, and Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center. I specialize in treating people with breast cancer. And the poster I've been asked to discuss is uh, results from AMIRA-1, which is a phase one, two trial we've uh, been participating in, which evaluates uh, oral amsinestrant or SAR-439859 as a monotherapy in postmenopausal women with ER-positive HER2-negative metastatic breast cancer. The goal of all these oral surge studies is to find a uh, safe and effective way to give the treatment in a non-punitive fashion as the current standard of care is fulvestrant, uh, which uh, does not have the capability in drug delivery to be uh, given orally. These drugs are all uh, effective. They uh, competitively bind the estrogen receptor and degrade it. And as such, they, they block ER signaling. The data we presented at San Antonio is a pool population of women who were in the first two arms of this uh, study. The patients were given an escalating dose in part A and a uh, safe and effective dose was chosen for part B. So patients in part A got 150 milligrams up to 600 milligrams and the effective dose uh, that was determined for part B was 400 milligrams. These patients mostly were heavily pretreated in Part A with uh, three prior lines of, of therapy, but only one prior line was allowed in Part B. Many of these patients had received uh, CDK4-6 or mTOR inhibitors previously. What we saw were significant response uh, manifest mostly as stable disease with partial response, but we did see one uh, patient with a true response. This response rate improved in the patients who had not had prior targeted therapy. The overall population, the response rate was for clinical benefit was uh, on the order of 34% and went up to uh, nearly 65% in the subset of women who had not received prior targeted therapy. Interestingly, we saw a benefit of amsinestrant in patients who were either ESR wild type or uh, mutant. And uh, these were measured over the time of the study. We didn't see an impact of ESR mutation on uh, prediction of response. And intriguingly, uh, some patients cleared their ESR1 mutations while on study. There were no concerning safety issues. All the toxicities were grade one and two, and quite specifically, we did not see any uh, cardiac or visual uh, concerns uh, which have been reported with other oral certs in development. Thus, we're excited about this drug moving forward. Uh, we are uh, looking at it in combination with other agents, notably the CDK4-6 inhibitors, and actually have a couple of trials pending in the first and second line setting looking at this drug compared to standard of care. You know, there are always going to be questions in early line therapy for endocrine sensitive tumors. And, you know, there are all these synergy drugs and there's important, really great questions that are we're all asking and there's no clear answer. But we do have a tool that uh, should be able to help us sort some of this out, which is the um, estrogen receptor imaging tracer that we've been working on for a long time. That is uh, now FDA approved. 
and is uh, starting to become clinically available for the indication of patients with ER positive HER2 negative breast cancer. Does imaging help us predict who, who's going to benefit from that therapy, from the endocrine therapy? And we, I am leading a ECOG-ACRIN trial, EAI-142, with Dr. Farouk Dadashti, who's a nuclear imaging expert, looking at this in a multi-center setting, but we've looked at it in a single center setting and so has Washington University and other places across the world. And it shows that um, FES predicts response to uh, or clinical benefit from endocrine therapy. So actually in the SARS study, we did some estrogen receptor imaging for them and uh, we're doing that for other oral surds in development as well. Um, but I think this is going to be something that will be useful to patients everywhere because this is now going to be available nationally. Um, I'm pretty sure first doses shipped in Northern California uh, this month. It was FDA approved this summer. And I think it's a real advance for patients with ER positive or two negative breast cancer to make that very difficult determination of, you know, do I need chemotherapy or will endocrine therapy work? And with the advances that we have in, in endocrine therapy with all these synergy drugs that can <clears throat> help patients experience clinical benefit from further lines of uh, salvage uh, endocrine therapy, FES is going to help us identify which patients to select for that therapy. I think the <clears throat> real challenge in managing uh, ER positive HER2 negative breast cancer patients is that we, we want to give them the best chance of uh, disease control. We want to not subject them to the pain and suffering that can ensue if the tumor progresses. But we also don't want to give them side effects. So I think one of the odd questions we have is, are there patients who really just need single agent endocrine therapy rather than a drug like a CDK4-6 inhibitor? every time they're taking the endocrine therapy. And that that is not a, a question that's been answered, but I think we all have clinical judgment and I'm still using single agent endocrine therapy in some patients because it, it makes sense and provides uh, clinical benefit without uh, financial toxicity, without uh, cytopenia. Um, but certainly the CDK4-6 inhibitors and other targeted agents have been a huge advance for our patients and allow many patients to experience disease control uh, without the use of cytotoxic therapy. There's a, just an awful lot of research that needs to be done. And one of the reasons that we have to do more research is we can't keep up with ourselves. You know, we right now, Everolimus is FDA approved second line uh, for metastatic breast cancer, but that was an FDA approval in the absence of CDK4-6 inhibitors. So we have lots more research we need to do about many things, including the sequencing and timing of drugs and whether or not there's a biomarker that can help you sort out appropriate sequencing and timing for, for individual patients. Uh, so I think there's a lot of research opportunities and we're all leaning on clinical judgment, but I hope we can come together <clears throat> as a community and develop a few trials to test these issues, because I think that we're certainly exposing people to some toxicities unnecessarily uh, with some of these agents, um, and the financial toxicity really is a heartbreaker for me, that people are having to pay 
out of pocket or not get the drug. But so that's a, it's another area of, of needed work. Um, but I think we don't know what we're doing yet because the advances, we haven't been able to catch up with all the advances in, in, in treatment. So the good news is we have great treatments, um, but the bad news is that we need to refine and determine what the optimal sequencing of these drugs is and also figure out ways to make them deliverable uh, in a safe and cost-neutral fashion.